You guys have a seat. Uh, I get the uh, the great, great honor and privilege of being a civilian with you guys today. Um, about quarterly, we we have different voices come in. Sometimes I'm on vacation and sometimes I'm not. And today is one of the times that I'm not. And so uh, today's message was a topic I am not qualified to speak on, uh, but our elder and our friend, Wacey Johnson. So this is Wacey. Uh, he is both an elder and a friend and an OG of Carpenter's Way. So we can get you the, uh, the teardrop tattoo here later. I just want to welcome... Wacy and uh, thank you for filling in, man. Good morning. I'd like to begin with a quick demographic survey, age survey. So I'm going to ask you, yes, you don't have to tell me your age. You don't have to tell me your age. But uh, on the count of three, uh, I want to ask you if you are old or not. And just to answer the question, don't look around. You don't need help with this. On the count of three, raise your hand if you are old. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. Okay, hold it there, hold it there, hold it there. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Um, this is confusing because some of you who are older than people who raised their hand didn't raise your hand. So, uh, so let me, let me, uh, let's go at it another way. How many of you um, know someone who would disagree with how you just answered the last question? Raise your hand. Shouldn't <laughs> be about everybody in here. Somebody's older than you, somebody's younger than you, somebody thinks you're young, somebody thinks you're old, that you don't, you don't view the same way. I, I don't think there's uh, any real definition of what old is. I, I learned, actually, I learned uh, yesterday in Nigerian culture that when you turn 40, you're considered elder. Didn't know that. Uh, in our culture, uh, it's, pretty, 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 uh, it's pretty gray. Um, I think uh, the only people who are really sure what old is, is our, our kids. And anybody their parents' age or older is definitely old. Um, but we are, we're going to explore uh, that a little bit today. So um, I, I, probably a lot of you have had an occasion in your life where you realize, oh, I'm, I'm older than I realized I was. I think it happens to all of us at one time or another. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's you go to a class reunion like we have and you pull up and you go, it's like, who are all these people? Are we at the right place? I, mean, you know, I feel like you know, we're, are we at a geriatric convention? Or is, oh, that's Bob from, you know, from, uh, from English class. Uh, or maybe for me, it's like, uh, you know, uh, it used to be simple enough to fill out a form. You just write in your birthday. Now you have to, you have to scroll through these electronic forms. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like this. <laughs> and finally, finally you hit the jackpot. Or, or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's like, uh, we, Lisa and I got a Christmas card. I don't know. We might have been married a couple of years, maybe a little longer. But we got a Christmas card from the parents of our flower girl from our wedding. And her picture was in it. And she was in the Miss Texas pageant. <laughs> we were like, no way. No. How did that happen? Or maybe, um, maybe uh, oh, well, I tell you what. One, uh, one that was really particularly striking to me is about, I don't know, 15 years ago, uh, I ran my first marathon, and about a week later, I was in a gym uh, on an exercise bike, just trying to learn to walk again. <laughs> and uh, so, it, but it was you know a relatively new invention back then, where the, you know you could measure your fitness level, you know, the heartbeat and all. So I did uh, like a, I don't know, 15 minute ride or something, and then it gives you a report on the little marquee on the on the display. And so uh, I did that, and I got through, and it said, "You are in." Excellent metabolic condition. I was like, yes. And just when I'm starting to feel good about this, I see it's still going. And it says, 
for a man your age. <laughs> I was like, really? You know, that ain't even that. Uh, so we're going to talk about, I don't know, honestly don't know why Jesse asked me to, for this topic, but we're going to talk about aging, uh, getting older, and this is actually uh, kind of a continuation of a series we've been on, um, and I need that. Yeah, Jesse started, I don't know, five weeks or so ago on a series about seasons of life, and if you don't recognize the hands, uh, the, the markings on the clock, those are the seasons of life that are recognized in Ecclesiastes 3. For everything there is a time, everything there is a season. And uh, he has kind of pulled a metaphor into the discussion of that, of, you know, there's this song that's playing, and it's a, it turns out it's a love song that God has going on throughout these seasons of life, and it, it, we have a role of finding that melody and getting in harmony with that melody and trusting that God in those different facets or different seasons of our life and, fi- you know, finding uh, Him in, in each of those seasons as life changes around us. So he's talked about, uh, he's talked about singleness and being married, uh, seasons that people have and uh, for, for various reasons. He's talked about... Uh, raising children or having children or having an empty nest. Um, and uh, today we're, we're moving on to the, to the next phase of what he has really nicely given me the topic of legacy, which sounds a whole lot better than other terms that we considered for this topic, <laughs> like uh, retirement was one, not particularly fond of that word, I'll tell you why in a minute, or I was thinking maybe fourth quarter or, or maybe... Um, one foot in the grave, or <laughs> death's door. I, you know, we could have called it a lot of things, but legacy was chosen, and I appreciate the dignity of that term. Uh, so uh, the reason I don't like the word retirement is, what, you know, when I, where I worked, if we had an old piece of equipment that we couldn't use anymore, we called it retired. We took it off the books, <laughs> and it was retired. So re- the word retired, and I retired about a year ago, uh, a little over a year ago, and we're loving it. It's, a, it's been a lot of fun, but... <laughs> The, the whole uh, term, though, was just a little disturbing to me. It, it's, uh, you know, it has the connotations of like out to pasture or exceeding usefulness. or It's like, you know, it feels like an old piece of gum that you, you know, chew until all the flavors are gone and then you spit it out. Um, but I, so I thought, you know what I do? I'll, do, I'll look in a thesaurus online and see if there's a, you know, a better word uh, to choose for that. And uh, so, I, so I looked it up, and it said, uh, and, and there were several words, but it began, it began with a definition, and it said retired, and I quote, adjective, having withdrawn from active life. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is not helpful. <laughs> uh, so I prefer, you know, I, as we thought, uh, and we have, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about retirement because it doesn't apply to everybody. Uh, uh, some people never choose to for various reasons, uh, but, but in our case, we thought a lot about it, and I think the whole idea of it for us is repurposed. Uh, it's a time we, uh, we're not, you know, we're not finished, nowhere near, we hope, you know, for as many God, years as God gives us to live on this earth. Uh, Lisa and I kind of have a uh, I think the key words we focused on are, are uh, aging gracefully and and uh, finishing strong. Uh, I heard a friend say that a long time ago, and I identify with it really well from from running. You know, uh, there's a uh, Lisa got me a book one time about distance running, and there was a a phrase in there or a little little uh, 
piece of advice that was a distance runner's mantra. And it said, uh, in the beginning of the race, don't be an idiot. In the, second, the first half of the race, don't be an idiot. In the second half of the race, don't be a wimp, which is, which is really good news. I mean, really good. Because uh, if, you know, if you expend your energy too soon, you don't have any gas left in the tank for the second half of the race. And on really long races, it hurts. <laughs> and you just got to keep going and, and, uh, if, you, if you intend to finish. And I think that's a, that's a good, you know, as I thought about that, you know, it's really great advice for life, right? We have so many opportunities getting started in it to make serious mistakes that affect us for a long time. And then we get in the second half, uh, you know, you, you just kind of got to endure some things that, uh, that, that can be hard. And so, uh, so we're thinking finish strong and, and age with dig- dignity. But, the, you know, uh, the retirement, though, as I mentioned, is a, is a very personal choice. Uh, it has to do with a lot, I've discovered for us, has a lot more to do with financial decision to retire. It has a lot to do with also with uh, all those things that were important to me in my work, you know, the intellectual challenge, the association with people, the, the routine. Uh, what, what am I going to do that's going to fill those, fill those voids when I, when I experience them? So, uh, some people choose not to. They, they enjoy their work. Or they, uh, we have a friend that's a dentist, and he's in his late seventies. He's he's at the top of his game. I mean, he is, he's you know recognized uh, throughout the country. I think you know for his expertise in certain areas, and uh, he's just having fun at what he does and enjoying helping people. And uh, I, I respect that. Um, <clears throat> so. People who do retire have discovered do that for a lot of different reasons. Uh, maybe their health decided they needed to, or their company they decided they need to. Maybe they got an incentive to retire. Uh, those used to be more common than they are now, but um, uh, but it, the, in the end, it's a, it's a very personal decision. So I, I think what we'll cover more is less about retirement and more about the general issue of reaching an age where the world looks a little bit different to you than it did. A decade or two or three or four five ago. <laughs> so I did, here's what I did. Uh, actually, Jess, Jesse asked me to talk about this, and I thought, you know, I've been retired a year. It's a little bit like it feels a little bit like a asking a parent of a one year old to give a lecture on parenting. Uh, not not to not to uh, belittle that at all. If you're a parent of a one year old, and we have kids who are, uh, you have discovered parenting. Uh, and you have discovered you you have been initiated with diapers and sleeplessness and a lot of things that come with it. But you also recognize there's a whole lot of water between you and the shore, right? And, and getting there. So that's that's a little bit how I felt. You know, uh, we we're in the initial phases of retirement, but uh, still a lot still a lot of life left to live. So what I did is um, I reached out to some trusted friends. And uh, I asked them uh, some questions. I'll talk about that uh, a little bit more in a minute. But uh, so, but this is the answer to one of their questions, is what, or a couple of the questions I asked them, is what, what brings you the most joy and fulfillment in this stage of life, and what, uh, what are your biggest challenges? So uh, if you can read that uh, from where you said, I know in the live stream you not, might, might not be able to, but I know that uh, the things that really stood out as being big and important to this group of folks was family, and uh, the, the ability to do, uh, and the importance of, uh, these are all, you know, Christian men, uh, but the importance of ministry and opportunities for doing that in this, in this stage of life uh, just seem to have grown and grown and grown to, to, a, to a new level. Um, 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit a few a few things about uh, you know I can only speak from my own experience, but uh, what people you know people have people view the world at this stage of life. Uh, if you are checking out right now because you're 13 <laughs> or 18, let me give you a little let me give you a little tip. If you live long enough, you're gonna be old. <laughs> I know that's hard to picture. I remember our daughter being a I don't know, we took her someplace when she was like two, and there was like a five-year-old girl in, at the counter, you know, where we're eating, and I thought, she's going to be that age sometime. Or I tried to think of that, and I could not, I could not picture my two-year-old as a five-year-old. I just couldn't do it. I, I can do that now as a grandparent because I've, I've seen the circle of life, and it's easy to see my two-year-old uh, granddaughter doing, you know, walking down the aisle like my daughter did, you know, uh, and you, you kind of you have more, I have a whole more holistic view of life. But if you're not uh, experiencing that now, uh, just hang on tight. You know, we, there's a, we are, our minds are designed in such a way that uh, we have to have some years behind us before we make a strong association between what's going on in the present and how that relates to the future. If you've done any reading on that, you know that happens a lot later for boys than it does girls, which I've always said that what's make, that's what makes guys good soldiers or good uh, football players is they, they have no regard for what the stupid, or the, I don't, can I say stupid? No, no regard for the um, uh, less than thoughtful things that they are doing now are going to have, uh, you know, potentially impact later. So, so hang with me, try to project yourself in the future as best you can, and and uh, if, in fact, if you're still struggling with that, they have apps now, and you can take a picture of yourself, and you can add, <laughs> you can add decades and see what you might look like in 30 years. Um, so uh, a few things about this, though. You know, you know, for some people, it can be frightening. Uh, I think at some point, probably is for everybody. You know, there's this sense of loss of control. You can't do things that you used to be able to do, and and then ultimately, you know, mobility becomes a problem. Uh, and it's you know, and the and you just don't you can't control that. And I was like, life is great, but, you know, there, it, there can be some hard phases of it. And uh, for some people, uh, a lot of people, it, it feels more like a time of giving away. Um, you don't, it's like you have what you need. You don't need, you know, when, you, when your kid, when your parents tell you, I don't want anything for Christmas. I just want to spend time with my fa- family. I used to find that maddening. That is not helping me. I'm standing here in the mall. I'm trying to pick out do I want to get a shirt or a tie? And you're telling me, I just want to spend time with my family. <laughs> Guess what? It's true. It is really true. That's, that's, that's what's important. Uh, I think this is more, I like the term, this is a time where we're planting trees under whose shade we'll, we will not sit. And uh, I, think, I love that thought. It's kind of a legacy uh, sentiment. Um, my mom used to say about growing older, she said, however people are, when they get older, they're just more that way. Which as I was going around the room is a little bit frightening for some of us. <laughs> but, it, but it's kind of true, you know. You, you kind of settle into who you are. Uh, my dad used to say about um, that aging is not for sissies. I agree with that. I had a friend that texted me on my 50th birthday and who had already been 50 for a few years, and he said, there's life after 50, it just hurts worse. <laughs> Um, so I, um, I mean, let me talk about 
That's what I did. We're, we're gonna, I'm going to look at some scripture. I'm going to tell you where it came from. I'm going to give you some comments on those scriptures. So let me tell you where it all comes from. I reached out to a group of people, and I had five, and then I included my own responses, five respond to questions like um, the, the two I mentioned, you know, what do you find joy in and what, what are your challenges this time uh, of your life? The other ones had to do with what uh, is, I love this question, and I love the thought that went into these responses I got. Uh, the question is, uh, if you could go back and give a 20 or 30 year younger version of yourself some advice, what would it be? And um, and then I asked if you uh, were able to share any thoughts with a group of mostly non-retired people. I think that's who we are. Uh, what would those be? And then uh, finally I asked, what's a verse of Scripture or precept from the Bible that you have found meaningful to you in this season of life? So um, I'm going to speak to you on the authority of the Word of God, okay? So this, that's, that's foundational. Uh, but I hope you'll find in this that these, these gentlemen, uh, let me, I'm going to introduce them to you just a little bit, not in detail, but uh, collectively they've lived about, uh, f- we have lived about 420 years of life. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's something to draw from. They're all Christian men. In fact, I consider them all to be, in one aspect or another, a role model for me. Uh, some of them I've known for, uh, Anywhere from 10 years to 40 years, they age anywhere from 62 to 87. Okay, that's the, that's the age group. Uh, they all have been pillars uh, in their church and in their home and in their workplace of what Christian living looks like. Uh, some, uh, you know, one um, gave out the first several years of his, after he finished medical school, to go be a missionary in a country where you can't be missionaries because <laughs> it's not safe. Uh, others, I've, se- I've seen uh, some lead adult, like well-educated people I would never think would change their direction in their life, just lead them to the Lord. Uh, some I have, uh, I've seen, um, I've seen how they've raised their family. One's been in ministry for 50 years. One, one was in school administration and still did ministry part-time for, for decades. Uh, the result of their work has been impactful to l- literally tens of thousands of people. And so, um, I can't, you know, it's funny how we like to listen to, uh, oh, God, that, that guy throws a football really well, or that person was great in that movie, or they, they sing really well. And we clamor around to see what they have to say, right, on, on YouTube or whatever. And, you know, their lives are a total wreck, but I still want to hear what they say about marriage. You know, look at, you know, look at the tabloids, you know, how to have a winner. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going and finding some, I didn't go and find people who do random, unrelated things well. I'm talking about, you don't know these people, but I'm talking about people that, by my observation, have lived life well and are finishing strong. Okay, so that said, um, a little footnote here. If you don't have somebody in your life like that, go find your own. (laughs) That's free advice. Uh, Be friends with people who are younger than you. Be friends with people that are older than you and extract what you can, exchange what you can. I think it's it's a really worthwhile uh, way to live your life. So I took what they said uh, and I I distilled it down into uh, five general headings. This is not how they expressed it. It's how I rearranged it and juggled it around because I I kind of 
these are the verses that they said. I included all the verses that all of them said from Scripture. But in their comments, I kind of found five general themes, and so I'm going to tell you what these are. those are. So uh, this is free. Um, we used to tell our kids that if you ever got advice, you know, our married kids, when you get advice from your parents, what you do is you smile, you nod your head, and they go do what you want to do. <laughs> so you're going to do what you want to do, you want to do anyway, but... Uh, here it is, and when we get through, I'm going to ask you to smile and nod your head. So, uh, and that, that's all I need. And then you decide. You know, you decide where where God is uh, got something to say to you. So here we go. Uh, the first thing I've uh, included as the heading is remember whose you are. Really simple. Uh, all these verses, by the way, are going to be familiar. I'm not. I'm not going to take us deep into. Uh, uh, theological exploration of a obscure passage of scripture. I think I will include one Hebrew word later on, <laughs> just so that this is a appropriate message for Sunday morning. Right? You have to have one Hebrew word. Uh, so, so, um, but re- remember whose you are in the the verses that uh, associated with that. Your eyes saw my unformed body. I'm going to read these. By the way, they don't show on the live stream, so I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence. I know you can read, but I want to make sure uh, our online audience hears this as well. Your eyes saw my unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And then John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Probably the most familiar verse uh, in the Bible to us. But um, I, w- I would say about both of these, it... it Remember whose you are sounds like, okay, you know, check that box. I know whose I am. That's, a, that's an important issue for me that I have learned. I learned it early in life. I learned it again uh, in, you know, as my identity as a, what, a teenager. I learned it again as a married person. I learned it again. I've, ke- I've kept learning it over and over. And, uh, but the, but the, the, the recognition that we are not our own. We were formed you know, God God created the universe, right? God created you <laughs> individually like you are, and he does not make mistakes. So that's whose you are. And when he came and gave his son to pay the price for you to become his child, that's who you are. Uh, and there's a lot of things in life that will can distract us from that, but coming back to that central truth can be profound. I heard a message one time many, many years ago that I think has stuck with me more than any other I've heard. And the premise is it's a person talking to students, and they said, you know, if you're middle school and high school, you're just horrified at the thought that you have some physical feature that resembles your parents. You know, it's like, oh, I look like my, somebody said I look like my mom. Ugh. Uh, but guess what? You have their DNA, and you're going to look like your parents. And uh, he took the message further. He said, you know what? When we become a child, we become a believer, we are children of God. And it is not unnatural or surprising at all that we would grow to become to look more like our father. And then he, and then he held an invitation and it wasn't a, you know, come rededicate your life. Come down here and commit to trying harder to be more like Christ. It was a message. It was an invitation to come down and just re-identify with who you are, who whose you already were, and uh, so so it, it's a, such a simple, but I think, but I think profoundly important foundational thing for us to, for us to do. Uh, a couple of comments I got, and uh, uh, 
You're a beloved child of God, created in his image, saved by grace. You're nothing more than nothing less. Whatever stage of life, whatever the challenge, it is not a surprise to your creator. God's got this. He always has and always will. So the next thing is to focus on what's most important. And this is uh, another really familiar verse. Jesus said, in fact, well, I'll read the verse. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, I love, you know, this verse, this response of Jesus was to somebody who was trying to trap him into saying something that would get him in trouble, right? Uh, so it's ironic that the source of the question was so devious, but I, th- I, just, I just think it's like the greatest verse. Like, if you could take the most important person who ever walked the face of the earth and ask them, what's the most important thing? This is it. <laughs> it's not a mystery. He said it. It's black and white or red and white, I guess, in some Bibles. But it's, it's right there. It's right there. Love God, love people. That's the most important thing. Um, he, uh, so here's, here's some of the comments I've got. And, and you know what? Some of these are things that people said. Uh, uh, I've rephrased them a little bit just to fit them on the slide. But there are people that some of them are things that they said. This is, I'm really glad I did this. I would really encourage others to do this. Some of them are, there's some regret in some of them. There's some, I would have done this differently. And you'll, you'll kind of get a sense of that. But don't be afraid of showing love more often. Talk to your dad more. I didn't, <laughs> sorry, I didn't say that, but um, I get it. Help your family while you can. Uh, treat the people you work for or that work for you with respect and friendship. Your joy at work and your friends will double. Um. You know, I, this application of this verse sometimes, if it's, you know, it's really clear how this fits at home. It's really clear how it, how it fits in a marriage. Uh, I've sometimes, like, just been stuck at work, you know, working with people or things or, you know, how are we going to get this done? And so it's, <clears throat> you may think, oh, this what, is this, what does love have to do with this? That's, that's a song, but that's not where I'm headed. <laughs> uh, so what, is, what has love got to do with this situation? I just encourage you to go back and, and look at the situation with love. You'll find yourself realizing that those uh, people who are making decisions that don't make any sense, they may be doing the best they know how to do. You're not in their situation. You don't know. Uh, you find a whole lot more tolerance of... of um, you know, seeing the best in, 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 uh, in, in people. So you get it. Uh, I can tell by looking at you. I'm going to stop looking at you. <laughs> uh, the third thing is this. Uh, put love into action. So love is good, right? Love is good and makes you feel good. So if you feel good, move on. That's not enough. That's not enough. So put love into action. Uh, James was mentioned in my responses, and I picked this one out of James. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and be well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. As the body is dead, excuse me, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So the, the simple uh, few comments I got is, you know, serve 
others, especially the most needy and invisible in our community, get outside the safe walls of the church and church friends and bring, bring God's kingdom to earth by loving your neighbor. Uh, one friend wrote this, I've spent my entire life in the church, in Sunday school, small groups, teaching classes, being on committees, leadership groups. I need to be more of a doer of the word and put into practice what I have been studying and communicating all these years. That's, what's he, that's what he wants to do with his retirement. Uh, next one is uh, let God do his job. And I have a couple of different verses on this. Let God do his job. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Uh, comments out, guys, don't worry about things that might never happen. Anybody do that? <laughs> uh, focus instead, instead, focus on where you can make a positive impact. Be joyful and thankful in everything. It's God's will, and it'll make you happier. Relax. That was mine, actually. <laughs> Just, you know, chill. It's going to be okay. God's got this. Another couple of verses related to that, uh, probably my favorite. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. This is Jesus saying, Don't worry about what you're gonna where you're gonna you know, where you're gonna get shelter, what you're gonna eat, what you, where your clothes are, what you're gonna drink. Uh, instead, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given into you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then Philippians, it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God has, uh, some comments I got was God has provided an instruction manual, but we have to read it. Um, there's, that's the seeking part. Uh, pray often and trust God. Spend time listening to God. He doesn't just speak during your scheduled quiet time. So it's an all, you know, it's, a, it's an all day thing. Uh, and then, of course, wants and needs are different things. God knows our needs and promises to meet them. And then the last uh, kind of summary comment I made is keep your job in perspective. Um, uh, in Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, further down in the book, it says, this is what I observe to be good that is appropriate for a person to eat, drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life that God has given them, for this is their lot. Um, you know, I, it's amazing to me, uh, and I know many of you have experienced this, that you go through a cycle of applying for your job, you got your friends praying that you'll get that job, uh, you got the job, you're so excited, uh, and, and you tell your friends so they can, they can rejoice with you, and then you get into it, Okay, pause button. Let's, five, let's fast forward, I don't know, five years, ten years. You're in the same job, and you're miserable. The job God gave you is an answer to a prayer. And that's okay. I mean, think life happens, and there are different things that impact that. So I, th- I think one uh, thing I would um, encourage you to think about is... Um, well, let me let me show you these comments, and then I'll add mine to them. Spend, so, so spend less time at work and don't take work home. Your kids will be there when your bosses are gone. Uh, be willing to leave a job that is not aligned with your values. And this was my comment relative to, to the dilemma I just mentioned a minute ago about being in a miserable situation. Uh, find the joy in your job where you can. You might not like everything about your job, but find some. Find a thread. Find a sliver. Uh, for me, I, you know, I, 
I made plastic for a living, you know, or things that stuff was made out of. Uh, I didn't find a whole lot of joy in seeing a rail car go down a track or a, you know, a pipeline with something going through it. What I found joy in was the people I worked with and uh, the way that you have opportunity to impact lives in that setting that you may never again. And so, you know, find something, find something that brings you joy and, and keep your focus on that. And if there's nothing, maybe you do need to find a different job. Uh, life is short, so enjoy it. Enjoy the simple things, a cup of coffee, a cool morning air. Now, the person who wrote that lives in the mountains in Georgia, okay? <laughs> but just imagine, imagine if you have to. What you I tell people who move down here that we do have a winter season. We do. We just never know what week it's going to be. <laughs> But uh, so, but the simple things, the singing of the birds, t- talking with a friend, sunsets, those kind of things. Um, I had uh, one friend say this, make a conscious, uh, this is around work-life balance. And it, it was so heartfelt, I, and I worked real closely with him, and, and uh, he, had, uh, he had this to say, make a conscious decision on how you balance your work and non-work time. If you choose to spend more time at work to grow your career, recognize the impact it has on your family and others, and accept it. If you, spend, if you choose to spend less time focused on growing your career, recognize the impact it has on future advancement, and accept the reality. Bottom line, make a conscious decision. We get caught up in the moment. But that moment is affecting your future. So make sure you know where you are, what you're doing, and why you're doing it. Um, at the end of life, decide what you want people to remember. <laughs> You for and focus on your monetary resources on those things. Having a pile of money at the end of your life should not be your legacy. So here's the recap. Those are the five things. I have five because we only have five fingers. I don't think we can remember many more things than that. Uh, but remember who you, who's you are. Whose are you? Your God's, your God's child. Remember, you remember, uh, what's, focus on what's important. Love God, love people. Uh, put your love into action. Let God do his job while you're doing your job. Um, there's a, I want to kind of end with this other verse in Ecclesiastes. We think about these seasons of life, and it says, Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. So here's the Greek word for you, because I can't stop without a Greek word. When you read Ecclesiastes, it can sound like a really gloomy, sad book of the Bible. It's kind of a like a life is hard and then you die, you know. And if if there's a there's a couple of issues there's there's a couple of ways to read it. They're a little little bit better than that. One is if I, I journaled sometimes, you know, if I had a really stressful day or week or month or year at work, uh, I'd, I'd just get up and I wasn't sleeping. I'd get up and I'd just journal what was on my mind and my rantings as I was ruminating about was what was bothering me. If you read those, you'd say, oh, this guy. This guy's issues. Uh, but oftentimes, I would, through going through the journey of really being honest with God about struggles, you end up at a better place, and, a, and, a, and the conclusion is a lot more optimistic than what some of the initial thoughts were. Ecclesiastes is like that. Uh, the other thing, the other thing uh, so here's the Hebrew word. I know, I know you've been waiting on this. Uh, Hevel, H-E-V-E-L, is the Hebrew word that gets translated and really not very accurately in English as uh, vanity. All is vanity. Or all, uh, um, I've forgotten the other word that some translations use. But if, but if you read that that way, the, the word Hevel means 
It means like a, a vapor or, or, or a um, uh, smoke. And it's just doesn't have a form. It's a little difficult to grasp or understand. And the, the writer is pointing out that all these cyclical things in life that don't make sense, they just don't make sense. They're kind of mysterious. And so it's not that they're all without meaning. God has meaning. We, we know from the rest of Scripture that our lives have meaning and they have meaning to God. Uh, but life can be confusing sometimes. And uh, so I think the uh, he sort of sums it up in that book we started with is, you know, fear God. Get centered on what matters most. Um, so, again, for those of you who are younger, uh, I heard this saying not long ago. Probably some of you heard it. Years, actually, I probably heard it 20 times and forgot it 19 times. But I, but I think I heard it just a short time ago. And that is, uh, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Um, the second best time is right now. So maybe you don't have 20 years to get back, uh, but you have right now. And maybe you have a hard time seeing yourself in 20 years, but what you're doing now is going to make a lot of difference, just like investing money. You can, you can put it under a mattress and not do anything with it. You can put it someplace where it can grow. So I just encourage you to invest what you got. You know, we all have different things. We all have different gifts. We all have different situations. But uh, hopefully this gives you some insight from the Word of God and some insight from some people who've done it right uh, that you can uh, hang on to. So I'm going to pray for us. Uh, I think I I think I'm on time ish. I don't know. So let me pray for us. God, we thank you for uh, your presence with us. We thank you for the opportunity to come freely and worship you, and and uh, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for uh, letting us um, letting iron sharpen iron with the other people we're around. I thank you for these gentlemen in my life and the impact that they've made. And uh, I just pray you continue to to bless your church here, and uh, and uh, as we attempt to. Uh, find our path and uh, follow you uh, and keep our focus on what's more, most important. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.